0: This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Little Oven, Oven Pizza. Pizza. Oh wait, Cal, Cal, you have to pull up the uh, Instagram page. Oh, of course, of course. How could I forget? Yeah. Uh, so, Kate, have you tried Little Oven Pizza before?
1: Yes, I have.
0: You have what were first impressions? Well, what was it like?
1: Um, I mean, it's good. I guess. It's good. Please keep sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean,
0: it's it's definitely different from what you get from like a chain, right? It's it's oh, yeah. New York style. Yeah. It's Gourmet. It's, it's gourmet, and of course, it's I just love the variety of ingredients it has on it. Yeah. And so.
2: today we have. Brooklyn's Best and the B-1000. On Brooklyn's Best, we have the ricotta and caramelized onions. Oh, my God. And on the B-1000, this is a this is Miss Downey's favorite favorite pizza. We have salami we have honey chili oil oregano it's Jeez. it's, it's that sounds really so good yeah, it's amazing honestly i need some right now to be <laughs> honest so so
0: yeah little oven pizza right on the corner of uh, right at main street next to the uh cinema yeah go downtown yeah go downtown enjoy yourself get some yeah, little you know, grab pizza. a slice if you're watching a movie it's, yeah. it's a great location um i love downtown to be honest um and then i guess we just cue the music and get started with another yeah. episode of david and cow show Hey everyone. We're back at again with another episode of the David and Cal show, or as I prefer, the Cal show. Uh, I'm your host David Chen. I'm your host Cal Sladen. Today we are featuring uh, a new ep- a new guest on our podcast. But first, well okay, fine. Let's let's sorry. Let's introduce uh, our guest. So you are?
1: My name is Kate. Hello.
0: Hello, Kate. Hello. Welcome to the show. She Thank is you. here on a special day very <laughs> special day i can agree with you cal and what day is it let's remind our listeners it is the
2: international podcast day yes
0: you already know international podcast day and what a perfect way to celebrate <laughs> international podcast day with recording a podcast so we're here we're with kate so kate you are uh, and of course we have um you're a senior as well kate yes so we have another uh senior table here with us just purely seniors that's kind of like a trend with us cal like we're just
2: just having yeah all we, seniors. Have, we have a senior bias yeah. oh we did have we did have ellie yeah, we did have Ellie the other day, but uh, I, did you know how big of a deal the International Podcast is? They have a right countdown at? website. No way! Oh yes. my god! Yeah,
0: Jesus! Look at that!
2: Wow! This is. Yeah. It? It's
0: definitely interesting. <laughs> like like when big I first deal. started when I first started podcasting like March last year. Well, sorry, last this year, but it was like last school year. Um, in my opinion, it still wasn't that big. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely thinking podcasting is becoming much more mainstream. Oh, definitely. Um, you know back then it was radio which podcasting is basically like it's just like how youtube is like the uh the user friendly version of video and movie like home movie in a similar way that's what podcasting has done for for radio right <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, hold on I'm
1: sorry
0: <laughs> you good but but you you get what i'm saying though right where it's like um radio is is like a kind of like a 20th century technology. Yeah, it's, it's gone, and then it and moved into movies. I mean, I know,
2: I know some people still tune into like talk well, radio. Yeah, but like way less than way less. YouTube, it used to be like TV. a staple. Everyone tuning yeah. talk radio. Like if you're driving, you're listening to talk radio, or you're listening. Well, to like, yeah, mainstream. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, honestly, even now, I mean, if you're <laughs> driving in a car and watching videos, you're, you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, it's kind of interesting how we're going from radio to like home video. To going back to some sort of, like, iteration of it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, think... To, to radio, my bad.
2: I think there's some really popular podcasts. Two of th- some of the really p- most popular ones are uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan, yeah. And the H3H3 podcast. Yeah. And I was looking at their Social Blade earlier, and they just skyrocketed at, like, the frontier of uh, 2018. 2018? And boom, ever since, their v- the views they've been pulling is just... Insane. Massive. Insane, massive. Some of those popular stuff on YouTube are podcast right
0: now right so so that's why i'm really glad to like start this podcast it's kind of like riding the wave of initial popularity Mm. at the same time it's also a different niche because high schoolers haven't yet in my opinion (laughs) realized the full potential of podcasting and that's what i'm trying to promote as well but um i'm really glad that we're on that but but enough of that we're here with our very (laughs) special guest kate so kate you're an academic academic decathlon um you're you're a prolific ap student um just doing a lot of stuff are, are you busy do you think your senior year
1: oh yeah yeah sure, very busy sure.
0: more busy than your junior year
1: it's hard to say because i mean i d- was definitely taking more classes last year but i feel like this year i have a lot more things i want to do mm. mm-hmm. um i sort of procrastinated getting my driver's permit so driver's i driver's s- me too i you still have, oh, have to she do she's that going yeah, yeah. yeah me too. and um, with college apps and everything i just feel a lot busier
0: right and you know is no one can underestimate the uh the overwhelming stress of college apps, and speaking of college apps, so you are going to college, right? You do want to yes. go to college. You, um, do you have any sites on like which locations, you know, in state, out state, any specific campuses?
1: Um, not really. It more so depends on like where I get in. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be nice to stay in state, but at the same time, I'm um, the East Coast is really appealing. I don't know. I'll decide eventually. I think. I, guess. I think. <laughs> s-
2: well, I'm th- I think we're in a good spot for college. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like people feel like they have to go out of state. But I feel like we have some really yeah, good California? colleges in the West yeah. Coast. California's there's a people who are coming to us to yeah. go to college. Oh, yeah,
0: or. yeah, Of course, and and it's and it's weird when I hear other people like say, "Oh, I really want to get out of California." It's like, man, there's I a r- there's yeah. really good resource. Like the UC system is like the the world premier public education. Yeah. Yeah, system. Yeah, definitely. Right, and you know, I, I know that. You know they have like an intricate system of where you know multiple ucs talk back to each other like libraries are interconnected a mm-hmm. uh-huh. bunch of research opportunities are interconnected inter- like if you're working at uc irvine you can you know ha- have a job or research job gig at um uc riverside yeah and uh, stuff like that so I, I just find that really fascinating um what about the east coast that uh, appeals you i'm just curious
1: I mean, just sort of the opportunity to go out and explore, like, places that I've never Uh, been. Because the Uh, thing is, I'm probably going to live in California, like, for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. honestly.
2: So you're using this as an opportunity to...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, explore the unknown, um, live somewhere where it snows. I mean, just there's so much that we we don't get to experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. So coming from someone who who lives in Utah, um, I can assure (laughs) you living in snow is is less than Mm. idealing. So, 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 yeah. Um, Sorry, I have a call right here. What the heck? I'll have to just ignore that. My bad. But um, why four year though? So y- your parents both have college degrees. Yes. Yeah. So are you kind of just fo- you're following that kind of um, kind of tradition, right? Yeah. 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 Um, have you thought of any alternative pathways besides college?
1: No. No. <laughs> not not really? at all. No.
0: Um, yeah. So what about the four year thing that you just know that you have to go through, like th- that's that level of certainty?
1: Well, the thing is, I really enjoy school a lot. Uh um both like academically and also for the activities and things and I know that even honestly with all the pressure to go to college even without that I'm pretty sure I would still go to go like continue my education at college because it's just I don't know I what I'd like to do you know I mean yeah Yeah. if you
2: if you love being a part of education and learning things then I think college is something that you should do but I think we there's a there's a theme uh, with new high school students and they're entering college and they hate school and they hated high school. Yeah, and
0: they're doing it simply because of I don't know some weird f- mixture of pressure plus yeah. tradition plus um, perhaps a, a misinform, misinformed idea upon what college really is for. Yeah, but I, I know for you and I, let me pull up an infographic here online. It's basically like you know a four year college might be a f- perfect fit only if and only if you know your chosen career path requires a bachelor's degree which honestly in our day and age to be honest is like a huge majority which which so makes sense Um, or you want to pursue a master's or professional degree later on which you know would require a bachelor's degree Um, you had the time and most importantly funds to devote the full-time college experience and of course education as an end in itself is important to you so I'm pretty sure you know just from those four main ideas those kind of define you right yeah yeah but of course this doesn't apply to everyone and here's a really interesting statistic um, that I kind of brought up, 30% um, of students worldwide only go to a four-year college because they think it's the natural progression of high school. This is done by a poll. And 23% only go because it's, ex- it's expected of them. So, and that's, so 30 plus 23, that's basically half of students. And that's,
2: that's a scary thing, yeah. in all honesty, having almost 50% of all people going into college, not doing yeah. it in their own self-interest but someone else's or just because they think it's, like, the right thing to do. Right. It's, it's a scary thing. <laughs> um, now, I think an issue with college, an issue with people like going into a major, is they don't know what they're going to major in when they're entering college. And is college even really like a important thing if you're not going into STEM or the medical field? You know what I mean, I feel like I see a lot of people going to like a business major or a major in a, a business that's like a major that's related to just like economics or business or history or something right. like that. Yeah, and the job outlook for that is kind of. Yeah. In school, you know.
0: Well, but see, even then, though, and here's another statistic. So, 73% of students who end up graduating college work in a job that isn't related to the major exactly. at all. Yeah. So, there was a TED talk that was really interesting by, um, Someone who graduated with a bioengineering degree, mm. which is you know like hardcore yeah. academics. Yeah. Like you're taking the hardest classes in biology and the hardest classes in engineering. You <laughs> you have a full full weight load. Yeah. Uh, but he decided to go into business. He was a, he he wanted to become a market um, like a marketer or like a um, project manager for a, a business something yeah. like that. So it's completely unrelated. Um, and that's I think, and that's why I'm not really too stressed with you know picking a major necessarily. I think what's important is that um you just have a well rounded education. Once you do get a college, you know, not just, you know, pile on STEM courses if you're going to STEM, but also, you know, look into some liberal arts yeah. and, and some more, you know, abstract classes that can just, you know, make learning a little bit more interesting and give you a more well rounded education. But but Cal, you said something that's really important, that some careers don't really necessarily need that college pathway. We talked to Harley, remember? Yeah. He wants to become a film director. And there really isn't a There's pathway not. after high school to become a film there director. There is
2: some vocational stuff where you can learn cinematography yeah. I mean, and lots the of cameras but it's,
0: but it, it's not like it, if you want to become a doctor you can just yeah. go out there and just <laughs> become a doctor. I mean you look There's, at all
2: you look at almost all major directors and none of them have a college degree. They yeah. just came straight out of high school and they had a connection or they had it running in their family and they jumped on that boat and yeah. or it just made it big. a sheer sheer opportunity. A sheer opportunity. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, so that brings us to our next point, right? And this is something that I kind of want to just talk about um, and, and that is the, op- the uh, other options besides college. And just, it's just, as, it's, it's relevance, right? So obviously one is vocational school, training, tr- tr- um, sorry, trade school. And then the other option is just going to like a junior college and getting uh, a, an associate's degree and then a certificate, something like that. So w- w- what is your opinion on, on these vocational schools, trade schools and stuff like that?
1: I mean, I think that they can be great fits for people who, like, I guess, I'm not actually really sure what vocational school. That's just, like, you go for a special skill. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Normally,
0: normally the outcome or, like, the thing that you receive instead of a degree is more like a certificate or, or uh, some, some sort of uh, uh, qualification for that specific career.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds like a great option for people who know what they want to do. Like, if you want to really be, like, a welder or yeah. something, and that means going to vocational school, and getting a certificate that's like, hey, like, this person is qualified mm-hmm. to be a welder, mm-hmm. and I think that's great, um, but I think something that's unique about college is that it's sort of your time to, like, experiment around with different, like, um, types of study and things like that, and I see college more so as, like, an educational experience and not really, like,
0: or qualifications, yeah,
1: of. yeah, but, um, I think, and I think that's the mistake a lot of people are making is that they're looking at the degree as sort of, I mean, I guess it is sort of college. Well, I mean,
0: that, that's in the end, like, you know, the uh, the purpose of college, right? Because, I mean, um, you know, they say like, oh, you want the college experience, the life experience. But, I mean, yeah. having a co- first of all, a college experience is, is an expensive experience, yeah, right? Yeah, oh, that's definitely. So So being able to, you know, compare your outcomes and your, your input and outputs is is interesting to see but it's also the fact that you know and i pulled up another i'm just full of (laughs) (laughs) infographics here but so most of the fastest growing jobs in the us won't actually require a bachelor's degree and it's between 2016 and 2026 data. so the fastest growing interestingly is a wind turbine wind wind turbine service technicians (laughs) which makes sense you know you know wind and solar is going up so they obviously need people to uh, fix those um 47.3 growth in home health aids um so people who who um help out with like anyone who's like the baby
2: boomers you know. are in need of help yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> um 29. Point, and this is, again these are so interesting 29.3% growth in bicycle repairers. I could see it I could definitely see it um shout out to Mike's bikes as well um they're uh they're like they're, I think they're the only bike shop in Merced. but yeah I went there like it was like 5 bucks repaired my bike tire was oh, yeah. out there in like 15 minutes so so shout out to them um <laughs> 26.3% increase in massage therapists
2: well, oh, the baby boomers need more <laughs> help. <laughs> and
0: a 24.2% increase in pet caretakers.
2: That kind of surprises me. Pet caretakers? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I can
0: see that. People um,
1: get wealthier. I mean, yeah, you pay right. other yeah. people to take care of your yeah. pet. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. But also, you know, you know, they're, they're busy, full full job schedules yeah. and all that, which makes sense. And
2: yeah, none of those jobs need a degree.
0: Yeah. And also, though, none of these jobs are like the uh, idyllic, you know, uh, sorry, idyllic career aspiration from a young age, right? Like, who grows up wanting uh, to become a wind uh, wind turbine turbine service technician, (laughs) technician I mean, probably there's some people out there, but, like, the majority of us, either it's from, like, you know, influence from culture or influence from our school environment where we all just gravitate towards the uh, classic, you know, white-collar, you know, either it's some sort of STEM thing or... Yeah,
2: jobs are a lot more specific than what we, like, we look at when we're younger. We're, like, astronaut, lawyer. But in reality, you end up working as, like... Printer technician at Cisco or well, something like I that. I mean,
0: you know, yeah. Uh, th- that's, but I think that also points out the fact that a lot of jobs out there are much more um, opportunistic, where like you just happen upon those yeah, jobs. Yeah, Like, that, like, for like sure. so, the person I mentioned in from the TED Talk, he became a project manager because he was interning there and realized it could be fun. So it's just like random things where, really, from like an age earlier than 14, there's no way, no possible way you can really have an idea. And of course, there are those out there that you know can predict their future and like you know what i'm from the age yeah. of four i knew i wanted to become so and so I don't,
2: I don't think we asked either what do you want to major in
1: that's a big question <laughs> um yeah yeah it is um i will i definitely know d- um something stem mm-hmm.
2: For and
1: sure, yeah. um right now i'm actually pretty confident that i'm going to major in statistics
0: really yeah oh awesome <laughs> <Cool>. you know <laughs> really? actually yeah i put that i think I'm because i had like three options like top one top two top three I think I think I went like something biology in the first one, then education, and then statistics as well, because mm-hmm. I don't know statistics is pretty cool, statistics pretty, pretty important nice. as well, yeah. pretty important as well. So um, sh- shout out to I guess Michelle <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> she, she influenced both of our decisions there. But but again, I think it's fascinating though vocational and training school that it's just not seen more widely. So yet another statistic, sorry, but Germany has basically a 50% participation rate in vocational schools. While here, it's 0.6%. Yeah, It's a huge difference. We so, have absolutely no
2: emphasis put yeah, on vocational and, school.
0: Uh, and from what, what I've heard, at least, it's just basically the difference between Germany's um, educational system where, you know, from an early age, they already kind of separate you into, like, that place where you, you'd more likely become a uh, a fit for vocational school. And, you know, I think that's interesting because I think education nowadays and another (laughs) i'm just getting a lot from ted talks but (laughs) sir ken robinson um i really suggest everyone just hear his talk about how schools kill creativity but he mentioned something interesting what do you so in your guys' opinion what's your guys's what do you guys think is the final product of american public education like what are they trying to create you like who who in the end gets the most browning points like you know what do you mean? So. It seems as though to me that the American education system grooms us to become a certain type of person. Would you not agree? I agree. Yeah. It's not like really letting us, you know, this, this kind of sounds cynical, but it doesn't really allow us to discover. Know, it's, it kind of forces everyone into like one pathway. And I think. I mean, I think that's to.
2: they're trying to change that. But I feel like we're still. It's, it's,
0: it's kind of like that. Yeah. And yeah. but I think you'd have to agree that the all the brownie points goes to college professors. It, it, the American education system grooms people to go through high school, get into college, get a degree, master's, Ph.D., and then, go to co- and then become a professor. And that's not to say that being a professor isn't the best thing, right? Those who do become professors are amazing at their fields. Hmm. But I think to, to consider everyone as to, to go into that pathway is a little foolish, and it just seems that way. Right, re- they don't really emphasize an alternate pathway besides going to college, then master's, then PhDs.
2: Yeah, you're really right. I, would ha- I didn't even really know about vocational school or much about junior college mm-hmm. until like late sophomore years when people really started talking about other options. But growing up, it was always four-year university. It's the only thing people talked about. And, and then reaching higher education if you want to. Right. It's and, the and only pathway talked about.
0: Yeah, and there's the also the other stigma with um, how going to vocational school somehow is less than going to college which holds some truth in the fact that yes you do earn less on average but not by much but not by much exactly and i think it said like you earn around like a thousand dollars less a year Uh, yeah after 10 years a worker with a one-year certificate made a median of only a thousand three hundred per year less than a worker with a bachelor's degree so and again all these statistics i don't know like um how much they can apply to the real world yeah but it's it does point out uh, a fact that you know, the difference isn't as large as we think.
2: So, Kate, do you think it's okay for, like, a high school or just our whole American education system to be pushing us towards, like, a four-year university? Do you think that's an okay way to run a, a school system? Or do you think there's a better way?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's really hard to say. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think I know, and I'm not qualified enough to, Um. I don't know, like, assert a dominant yeah, opinion yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. But um, I don't know if I can agree that I think that that um schools are like pushing us all to somehow be like the same like or college professors like Uh um i mean just looking around like i know lots of people who have very different interests than me and who want very different things like to start a business or like yeah yeah i don't know to to be teachers and things like i don't want to be a teacher personally Uh and um i don't think that the school system is sort of diminishing that in any way i mean it's hard to cater to every single person's unique interest but i think something that a lot of them have in common is that they need college and so I think that is sort of where that stigma is coming from yeah
0: Uh, and where do you mean they need college though
1: I mean like to to be a teacher I mean you should probably not have just graduated high school right I mean I don't I can't say that for sure but um, you know usually the teachers that are like paid more are the ones that have gone to I guess
0: uh-huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and you, you get, like, a salary s- bonus if you, you go to do yeah, your master's.
2: Yeah. And yeah. I, there's masters. a lot of teachers on campus who are pursuing their master's just yeah. to get that.
1: Yeah, or, like, um, I mean, like, business, I feel like, is less important for college, but that's sort of more for, like, um, branching out. Yeah, networking, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. That's why our Harvard Business School is, like, super valuable. Not necessarily because you get better education there. It's because the alumni system is extensive. Yeah. Like, you can have much more opportunities going there and finding like an internship uh-huh. or like a p- temporary, tempor- uh, like a temp job, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the more important side. And I think that's where the intrinsic value of college lies, not necessarily in its education perhaps, but because of its networking. But at the same time though, that still doesn't rule out the fact that college, a four-year average 80k s- education is a universal, and even teachers, like, you know, there are teacher credential programs out there that don't go through college, right? Um, and they pay, they ca- charge much less than a four year, um, and because how it works is you get a bachelor's and then you go through two years and then th- through credentials programs and all that, so it's it's definitely different. Um, but th- then again, though, there are many careers out there, and like yeah. it's a very small proportion of jobs that we're still considering. But. Um, uh, it's still in the still in the yeah. kind of realm though of, of like grooming people like sh- I don't I don't disagree that like everyone has very different interests I mean that's why I started this podcast to like get people with you know um, interesting interests mm. uh, but at the same time though it's not like we're offering you know insights on in business or insights in, in in art well I mean y- yes we do have art class but it's not like we're taking that art class to become uh, an artist or graduating uh-huh. with like, you know, s- some some yeah, sort yeah, of direction to art, yeah. mm-hmm. right? It's still, you know, because y- it's just like our graduation requirements, the A through G requirements. What's that for? It's for UCs and CSUs. Yeah. And you take art most of the time for a requirement for the A through G for CSUs or UCs. So it's like our whole, y- you get what I'm saying though, right? Yeah, our whole education yeah. system is kind of molded uh-huh. to point people towards college, not necessarily to point people to their interests. And you know, I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing, but I think we're lacking. We're, 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 you know, it's like a faucet, right? We're like, a, no, not a faucet. It's like a leaking bathtub, mm-hmm. where I think we're so busy trying to peop, trying to get people into college that we fr- we sometimes sacrifice the ability to nurture interests and 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 um, you know, certain aspirations that would otherwise be nurtured if we weren't so bu- busy or heads over heels to get people to college. Um, that being said that's kind of hypocritical of me because I'm going to college <laughs> and I know I, I kind of need And college. I guess
2: I guess another side of the argument would be they point you towards college so then college can point you towards your career. Yes,
0: so that's the other side and you know I would have to agree with that sometimes but at the same time I can't it's it's rather messed up for me to say we should all go to college because the experience leads you to a better place in life when that place also happen to co- happens to cost a decent amount of money that yeah, will yes, if you don't have a significant way to pay for it will lead you to a you know a significant amount of debt for yeah. a significant amount of years in your life which so is,
2: yeah, yeah so we mentioned vocational school but we haven't really talked about the two-year uh, J. college right. jc way and i want to know your guys' thoughts on that like do you think it's a viable path or have you guys put thought into going to a jc yeah
0: honestly it's it's one of my honestly it's still um an option for me mainly yeah. because i'd be able to graduate in about like three semesters instead because uh. i I've, i have a few units already but um yeah, yeah w- w- what's your opinion Kay?
1: Yeah, no, I think they're very, very valuable resources. I mean, a lot of people from here go on to go to RJC. And I think that, you know, it's ver- it's less expensive and in many cases just as valuable. And I know a lot of people like to go here and then transfer to a UC yep, that's as, yeah. as a cheaper option. So, yeah, I think there's definitely, you know, a place in yeah, the and It's, for it's really enticing.
2: Uh, I was talking to Mr. DeSalvo and he was talking about the smartest path through college. Mm -hmm. And he says, if you're trying to get a degree that isn't necessarily necessary for a job, but it's just a a nice thing to have, he's like, you don't want to be spending a lot of money or going to a high class school. Because I mean, if I majored in something like business, 50% of people in business don't even have a degree. So we said, go to a two year, load up your units, just load up your units as much as you can and make sure they're transferable. And then go to a cheap college. And while you're doing that, apply to like a thousand scholarships and you Mm -hmm. can come out almost... Debt free if you if it, all things goes well while while you have a part time job, yeah. So I mean that path alone sounds really enticing. I can see the the yeah. benefits of two year.
0: And, and I think in terms of like who this applies to, if you know if you don't if you're not a hundred percent sure that you're going to college, like e- even ninety nine percent sure, J is, is is something that you should consider. Yeah, I, definitely. Because you know if you're not if you're not hundred percent committed. Well, f- for one thing, your wallet's 100% committed. <laughs> you can't go back yeah. to that uh, if you're going yeah. to college, right? So, if you have any like doubts on on college and stuff like that, you know, consider different options, yeah, right? Sure. And I think that's what is kind of the the problem with, uh, with how how we do it is that even if it's like 50 or 0% confidence that you need college, you still go to college because it's either expected of you or y- you have this misinformed notion that. That magic piece of paper called the degree will get you everywhere in life, which unfortunately isn't the case. Um, I kind of want to segue this to another interesting topic, and probably the last one we'll talk about. Um, I talk about Germany and its uh, mm. really interesting vocational, more 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 emphasizing vocational school. Yeah. But also, there's two educational systems out in the w- in the world that are kind of lauded to be the best or, or the most sophisticated, not f- sophisticated but the most successful, and that's Finland. And South Korea, specifically. I almost said Korea. It's not. <laughs> that's yeah. The, yeah, it's South Korea. Um, and I'm just gonna pull this up real quick. Um, so South Korea and Finland. I'm just gonna guess tell you the context of this. South Korea and Finland are have like the most um, successful education systems based on test scores and and overall like um, college graduate. Uh, no, sorry, high school graduate um, success in, in careers and all that. Um, mainly test scores though. But again, they're two way different forms of f- systems. Korea is like rigor, hard work, just prepping in the entire, yeah. your entire public education, K through 12, to take the national graduation exam to get placed into a, the top university, which then gives you a good social status and, and, and stuff like that. Finland as well is really successful, but they take it like a completely different way. They emphasize, well, first of all, they emphasize something that I don't think we do much, is um, the investment in teachers. They invest a lot in teachers in terms of training. Like, teachers only teach for 600 hours a year compared to here, which is 1,100. The rest of the time, they're spent training and all that. Um, and also, the school days are much smaller than ours. Well, shorter, sorry. And um, they spend time outside of classroom learning, and that's what they emphasize, you know, that that kind of um, learning outside the classroom, learning on the job, kind of stuff like that. And I just find that fascinating. What are you guys' uh, opinions on those? Like, way... Kind of different on the spectrum, but both equally successful.
1: I think that something that they both ham- have in common is that they both have really motivated students. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I looked into it a little bit, um, and something about Finland is that um, that they mentioned is that a lot of the kids know that, like, look, no one else speaks Finnish mm-hmm. or you know the language that they speak, and so they're motivated to go out and learn multiple languages so that they can be successful. And there's sort of this, this. Um, Sort of, I guess the value that's built into their, their school system is that, like, they're doing this for them. Like, they need to be able to go out and be successful. Whereas with South Korea, it's a slightly different sort of motivation. It's, it's you know, like, maybe my parents won't feed me if they yeah. don't study. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, even, and yeah, I, mean <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if there's like, <laughs> I can't really say for sure, but there is a l- culture difference, I would say, in yeah. the level of students that Finland and South Korea have. And that level of rigor is definitely different. Than what we have in America. And so there's a book that's called... Um, sorry, it's called... Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. Yeah, it's by Robin Tatu. And it's The Smartest Kids in the World and How They Got That Way. Oh, so sorry, sorry. It's by Amanda Ripley. My bad. But it's The Smartest Kids in the World and How They Got That Way. And she specifically explores Korea and Finland. And one word that appears more than anything is rigor. And how they have much more rigor yeah, than anything else compared to... That,
2: that brings up a good point, though. It's that... To develop a motivation for school and a life for academics, you have to scrap the whole education system from the beginning because that's when you develop a work ethic and rigor towards your work. Is it doesn't you don't just develop that in a year when you're starting mm-hmm. high school? It's, like suddenly, it's, now i Culture that that's like that. It's, it starts from the beginning. Uh-huh.
0: But I think most importantly is that they value culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> value education much uh-huh. more than we do. I mean, and and it's kind of this is my personal pet peeve where like I hear students all the time like. Oh God school sucks and I don't know it's just um, this teacher is doing horrible or like I, I dislike this teacher because you know I don't know for some reason mm. and it's just I don't know it, I mean you're going here for free yeah. free lunch by the way for us at least <laughs> <Free lunch>. <laughs> <laughs> freaking <laughs> awesome but yeah I mean it's there's so many opportunities and, and so much potential locked within education free education and I don't think our, I think we take it for granted sometimes oh yeah, for like sure. you know, unlike what we have in other countries perhaps so I mean this type of question where like how do we change the culture of education for it's a it's a very vague topic right yeah, there's no way definitely. that we can solve it but I mean I yeah I mean it's I don't think it's
2: do you guys have theories on how how this could work I mean uh, something like that could work it's it would have to be a it would be a long process a to huge to instill something like that yeah because that wouldn't just lie within the education system. That would have to be something that changes through just culture, culture right, itself.
0: Yeah. Dinner, di- dinner table conversation about school. And, all and that. because
2: we're such a diverse, hands off country, well, it's okay. hard to instill things like that without, you know what I mean? It, I don't yeah. know how we would even approach a problem like that.
0: What also the issue and the difference between America and South Korea and Finland is that Finland and South Korea, their populations are much more um, uniform than ours. <laughs> we are a salad bowl. Of <laughs> um, um, yeah it's not it's not melting pot it's sellable because you know you're not yeah yeah okay yeah you get it but um, um yeah we're just way more diverse and be, and diversity means diversity in culture and trying to change culture that is inherently diverse <laughs> is kind of impossible yeah. which is why you know you know the Scandinavian countries are you know oh sure they have some of the best educational systems in the world but that's because they can right because th- th- their culture is much more uniform than ours so I think know to be less cynical and much more positive about this I think given our situation in America we're doing not too badly and I think we're going in the right direction but at the same time though I would like to see more uh, emphasis on just more diverse pathways in life not yeah. just college because quite frankly I'm excited for college but quite frankly as well I'm kind of sick of the uh, just the um, nagging um, kind of it's like an overhead cloud of oh you need to go to college and that college looming ahead I'd rather much like to focus on just, you know, what I want to do in life or yeah. what I'm interested in. and, and th- that's why I was so energized when I got into this podcast, whereas it, it wasn't something I had to study for, for like the SAT or APs. It was just something I love to do. love to talk, love to, love to discuss stuff like that. And it's just something that, you know, breath of fresh air compared to like Work AP sheets. season or, yeah. <laughs> or college board yeah. college board gives me like PTSD. <laughs> now like, say. Yeah. like it's, it's bad, but, um, I don't know. It seems, like, it seems like we have a interesting dilemma on our hands. Um, have you guys heard that, that Sir Ken Robinson interview, by the way, the, the, do, skills, the sorry, do schools kill creativity? I think I did. You did? Yeah. At one point?
1: Something like it.
0: Something like it. But, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's intense, right? I mean, it's, it's basically saying, you know, our, our schools are limiting creativity because we stigmatize mistakes. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, explain that further. Well, because you know, I mean, our educational system was was founded upon the Industrial Revolution, right? Where our most prized um, qualities were: you were on time, you were um, you know, hard worker, um, you didn't make too many mistakes, and you could be, you're diligent, right? Yeah. They didn't really emphasize creativity because why do you need creativity on a yeah, factory I mean, line,
2: right? You don't need it.
0: Obviously, I'm kind of simplifying things a little bit, but that's kind of the, the, the history of where our because that was m- when public education was founded, to right? Take kids around out that. Out of the workspace. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. Um, and it hasn't really changed much either. Like classrooms in the nineteen thirties look kinda like the classrooms today. <laughs> almost <laughs> so, identical. Almost identical. Same same desk. Replace and all that smart board with the chocolate. Yeah, like there. black and <laughs> black and white <laughs> black and white to color. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what Sir Ken Robinson says is that our, since our school stigmatizes mistakes, you know, you miss one point if you get a po- if you get a question wrong. Stuff like that. And you know, if you stuff like that. But oh you, you would agree, right? S- schools dislike mistakes. Yeah. Would you say yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i it's agree yeah yeah it's a pretty straightforward thing but in that though they that intrinsic thing where like s- mistakes are the worst thing possible for you to do is also pointing that you shouldn't try anything new because trying anything new might lead you to a mistake and i'm sure we've all had those situations where like oh we're afraid to raise our hands in class because if something that we say i'm um, like we're trying to answer a question right like an open-ended question and you're afraid that you're going to say something and the teacher's like uh, nope you're wrong yeah yeah right that's that's like a bad feeling right most but, definitely so i think at that point both the teacher and the student must realize the teacher should not like know you're wrong get out of here you're stupid yeah if <laughs> they say something I mean, wrong but more like okay you, why do you think that way so so yeah, so yeah i never
2: realized how we we think mistakes are the worst things ever yeah we really do like, you and, make it, a and it changes our behavior and you lose a point and the point goes on your grade and then you're judged by your grade it's yeah. a mistake is a horrible thing in school when in reality, it's a it should be almost a positive thing, right? And I don't think
0: thing. any sort of knowledge or significant knowledge is gained through success; it's gained through failure, right? Yeah. Um, like for me, I know my podcast. I mean, um, I I knew how to uh, improve the podcast not from how great it did, but you know how the audio quality was horrible in the beginning and how um, limited editing led to limited um, quality. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah. Again, I think. Mistakes, it's not like, you know, go actively out to, you know, pursue mistakes. Uh-huh. It's not like, okay, I want to make a mistake today. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. like that. But it's more like I have to embrace it when it comes and um, in, not enjoy it, but like appreciate it for what it could become. Right. And I think that's just lacking in our, our school system. And I think, like you said, we miss a point, get a grade. I think that's intrinsic to how our grading system is like. Yeah. Right you know if you if you miss a test or like bomb a test at the beginning of the semester by the end of the semester it's still there and it's still affecting your grade when in reality like perhaps your understanding is perfect like okay let's say this is like a biology class and your first first test of the entire semester yeah you did not too bad not too great you didn't study very well but by the end of the semester you you knew the knowledge perfectly but your grade is still a C because of because of that one test I'll, obviously that's kind of
2: no it does make a perfect bit. sense though
0: but but at the same time, your grade now doesn't reflect your understanding of the material, so that's why. You yeah, know, it's
2: weird to think that we measure even both the SAT and yeah, GPA, we measure, measure are by both just space. who made the less mistakes.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah which you know, I'm glad that it's not like oh a 1600 is like the the ideal score. It's more like a range, mm-hmm. right? Because there's uh, there's an obvious difference between uh, 1400 to 1600 and like an 800 to 1000, like that's, there's a good difference between, but at the point where like it's 1550, 1600, 1480, stuff like that, that's just, you know, oh, I didn't, I slept one less hour than the other person, or like, you know, I I sneezed during the, I don't know, (laughs) like just more nuances. (laughs) But potential
2: can remain the same.
0: Right, and I think we just emphasize a little too much on the score, um, and the quantitative analysis, rather than the qualitative progression of our knowledge. and you know, I've heard other teachers like propose solutions like holistic grading, like instead give a grade for how much the student has progressed. Like if the student was like this at the beginning of the semester and ended like this, way better and way more understanding, that deserves an A. That deserves a B or whatever. But if they started great or like de- diminished by the end of the semester, you know, that deserves a C, a D, they, or just grade the student based off their holistic understanding of the curriculum not pr- how many mistakes they did over the semester yeah the only
2: problem i can see that occurs with that is leaving that decision up to a teacher yeah which assumes so, the teacher yeah which
0: you know is that's i'm pretty sure why current grading systems are because like it's this. easy it's, it's easy it's straightforward and it's not it's objective oh. right it's just whoever has the most points has the highest grade or something like that um so i guess that's why we don't have this kind of thing <laughs> it's almost as if we don't trust our teachers which i think yeah. we we should but um there's definitely oh, room for error in that case, but if you make it simple enough, in that you know, if the student's improving, in 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 understanding, and by the end of the semester they understand all of it, then that deserves a good grade. So While you know, having that one test score just kind of leaking in the back, just kind of pu- pulling everything back um, in terms of your grade is much less uh, much less ideal, right? Grid. Yeah. Um, do you guys have like a? Do you guys have a situation w- like that where it's just that one mistake that you did just kind of held back your entire semester grade?
2: Yeah, I definitely have had a situation like that. Kate, have you?
1: Um, I mean, it isn't so much about semester grade. Well, like um, something an assignment holding back my grade, but at the very beginning of high school when I took AP Bio, mm-hmm. I essentially was doing um, you know. Al- almost doubled the course load since I, I transferred in halfway through the semester and um i didn't do i didn't get a grade as uh, i didn't get the grade that i wanted in that class uh-huh. and that is you know still looming over me it's on my transcripts it's going to be sent to colleges and they're going and to be able to forever. judge me for that
2: yeah yeah and that's the other thing just, yeah. Yeah. just, <laughs> like just like s- one mistake freshman s- when you're and, and it's a snapshot like, and, yep. it, and it goes with you even though it has yeah Oh, wow, so,
0: yeah. so I'm glad that we have this discussion on the podcast, and hopefully, this can instill any listeners who you know are interested about this. Like, it's it's good to think like thought experiment on how we can change because the status quo is is what we have right now. Is you know we can't we can never accept it to be perfect, right? So it's always a good thought experiment to see what we can change. Yeah. One final thing: we are very close to the time. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, um, sorry, I just want to mention one thing for a personal podcast that <laughs> I'm trying to do for civics, um, you went to Girl State, Yes. right, um, and it was like, a, it's like a political side of things where you have to, you know, run for positions and yeah, yeah, hold yeah. elections, In and we can observe this in our school now, student involvement in politics is rather diminished, right, um, you know, like, like if you were to ask fifty of our students, how many can you, how many can you, um, how many of them can they, um, how many students can name the current California <laughs> governor, right?
1: <laughs> Probably very few. Very yeah. few. Very
0: few. I mean, a uh, city mayor as well. So, what do you think the importance of of being involved in politics as a student, as someone who can even vote? Wh- wh- what what kind of importance does that take? Do you think, in your opinion?
1: I mean, maybe this shouldn't be the case, but it feels like the political arena sort of dominates like American society almost, especially really? s- especially now since um, many people are becoming much more polarized. It's mm, not necessarily about economics, but now it's about morality. Mm. Uh-huh. And I think that it's important to get involved because, you know, uh, as much as you might hate this, like the politicians are going to be controlling, you know, how much you get taxed. Yep. Um, you know, why, I don't know. I can't think of another example. But, uh-huh. um curriculum as well yeah they get a what curriculum.
2: you can do with your body how much you get paid hey, yep, everything yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: that all falls under politics and so i feel like it's almost impossible not to be politically involved in that sense because you know everything is going to affect us right. yeah
0: but as well though being informed yeah. right it's not about you know knee-jerk reactions or what i feel but it's rather what i know and facts and all that to, to help you make oh, an definitely. informed decision about voting mm-hmm. and i think that's the thing we lack where um students think there's not enough discussion in classes where the teacher can control the amount of information or the right information, right, instead of Twitter or yeah. social media where uh. there is no limit on the amount of misinformation that can be out there. And that can easily influence um, you know, someone's political viewpoint. And you know, Kate, you have a Twitter. I have a Twitter. Yeah. We see very interesting tweets <laughs> about yeah. politics that, quite frankly, don't seem to be, be very informed. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of breaks my heart because you know other people are going to see that without mm-hmm. the level of hesitation and they're like oh my god you're right or like yes you're, you're right i mean this you know stuff like like climate change where like a lot of it's just a facade for for you know the globalist agenda i don't know some weird yeah. stuff like that and
2: it's propaganda level it's
0: propaganda yeah. level but unfortunately it's also seen as credible to some who are misinformed so oh yeah mm-hmm. it's disappointing but you know, enough of that. We can go on for way longer. And that's the bell. That's the bell. Signals are end of the episode for David and Cal. Thank you so much. We talked. I kind of talked way too much. But uh,
2: we, you can tell you're passionate, David. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little bit
0: about this. But um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kate, for being on the show. And
1: wow. that's an announcement. That's an announcement. Did you guys should participate. The what? The band book And, and that's right, an advertisement. <laughs> yep. All right.